Shalom, Shalom, Macon. Shabbat Shalom, Shalom, Macon. It's good to be here with you in this way. Thank God for technology. Believe in God. Believe also in me. That was the way that this week's message was intended to start. Uh, It was about faith in God, or better translated, maybe faith toward God, which is the second elementary principle that we we're going to dive into, and that's, that's John 14.1. It's probably a familiar text to you, and we will spend more time with it at, at some point. But that's not exactly how John 14.1 starts. There's more to it. It begins by saying, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And the first part, you know, that, that troubled heart part, it wasn't really relevant to what I needed to teach you about or talk to you about with the elementary principle of believing in God, believing in me. So I just didn't include it. Until Wednesday, January 6th, 2021. Then it became relevant. When the scene at the United States Capitol uh, exploded into our hearts and into our minds, and well, erupted maybe. And especially now, that eruption continues in the aftermath with the clamor and the noise and the fear and the the hatred and the division, and I could go on and on, but it, it is literally, to me, sort of like an eruption. It brings me back to a documentary I saw and watched about Pompeii. And, you know, this the, the Mount Vesuvius explosion that that, or eruption, I'm sorry, that, that engulfed and buried the city of Pompeii and all its residents who weren't lucky enough to get out in a cloud of gas and ash and debris. The truth of the matter is, I didn't want to talk about this. I wanted to act like it didn't happen. But I spoke with a brother that I love and respect this week. He's expecting a child. You know, he, he should be very excited. It's imminent, the birth of this child. And I called to check in on everybody and ask how he was doing. And he said, well, I'm just really, really feeling the weight of the things going on in the world right now. And when he said that, I realized that it was not going to be the time to skip over what's happened and just move on and talk about faith in God as if, as if the world isn't imploding around us. Really feeling the weight of things going on in the world. And we are all feeling it. We are all feeling the weight, like the rumblings of Vesuvius It's only fitting to you that I'm speaking now. It's only fitting that I am talking to you now in an empty sanctuary. Actually, it's not totally empty because, thank God, Darren is 50 feet away from me helping us to come live. Uh, It reminds me back of pandemic Zoom calls in this empty sanctuary. But it's only fitting that we're. You know, I'm quarantined at home because COVID is in my house and we had to cancel in-person services. This is the year we've had. This is the year that we hoped was over. And Wednesday showed us that, unfortunately, it is far from over. 
It continues. And the truth of the matter is our hearts are troubled, Yeshua. We are troubled. We are worried. And what my flesh, my, my, my flesh with no hope wants to say to you and feels is this is over. Not the year, but the story and what we have always known. That this is a slope we are not climbing back up. That this is a descent from which we will not ascend. That there is no fixing this. In a volcanic eruption, there's something called a pyroclastic flow. The pyroclastic flow is a is a, uh, as the volcano erupts, this, this cloud moves its way down the mountain anywhere from 100 to 500 miles an hour and then just destroys everything in its path with, a, with temperatures of up to 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's what destroyed Pompeii. And honestly, in my flesh... This feels like the rumblings of the pyroclastic flow moving its way through our society. And it's only a matter of time until the volcano, the flow of hatred, division, malice, till it covers us up and buries us in this thick layer of darkness. And yet I read these words from the Master, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And the thing is, I do believe in God, and so do you. I believe in Yeshua, and so do you. And so I'm asking him, what are we supposed to do? What, what, how do I help? How, what words of encouragement? How do I encourage my friends? How do I encourage this congregation? Father, Yeshua, how do I, what can I do now to help our hearts not be troubled? I want to ask Darren to put a picture up. <clears throat> this is my friend, Dandy. Darren, is that picture up? And these are Dandy's tattoos, one of many uh, which I'm focusing on here. I took this picture Wednesday morning before anything had happened. I was at the gym. I saw Dandy working out, and I was prompted to go up and ask him if I could take a picture of his arm. I told him I felt like it was going to be important for a sermon series that I was developing on faith and trust in God and, and uh, that I wanted to possibly use it. You think Dandy thought I was weird? Probably. He probably already knew I was weird. But, but don't miss the irony here either. A Messianic Jewish rabbi basing a sermon series on somebody's tattoos, right? The world is truly upside down. The Torah says we're not supposed to get tattoos. <laughs> but let me introduce Dandy to you. You may not know or see from the picture, but Dandy is not born in America. Dandy was born in the Philippines. He immigrated to this country in 1992, I think. And six or seven years later, became a citizen 
of the United States of America. Since that time, he has raised three or four children in this country. He is a firefighter. He is a hero of the United States. He serves and labors for this community. He works his rear end off at least two jobs, maybe three, has put these children through private school in Macon, Georgia, which is no small endeavor. And he's a great guy. But what is the point of that? Well, the point is, why did Dandy come here? He gave up a lot to come here. And when he got here, he didn't just settle down and begin to complain about what the United States should do for him. He took an opportunity and left comfort behind at an early age to come here and start. Why? Why did he give up everything he knew to come here? Because he believed in the idea of America, not some conceptual lecture about democracy and 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 capitalism and 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 uh, uh, separation of church and state and separation of powers. He believed that America was made of promises and that America would deliver on those promises if he invested. I will call it demonstrated promises of opportunity. That is why Dandy came here. He counted the cost. Nothing was given to him. It's still not given to him. As I said, he works hard. It wasn't easy. It probably still isn't easy. But in this example, he and his children have a future that they might not have otherwise had. And tattooed on his arm is in God we trust. When we see people like Dandy giving up everything they have to get here, to start over, to serve here, to believe in the ideals, to risk his life fighting fires for his fellow Americans, to stake their lives in the fact that this country would give them the chance that they might not otherwise have, that I think is a part, and I never could have known what was coming Wednesday afternoon when I took this picture of his In God We Trust tattoo, but I think this in part is what hurts so deeply about what is happening right now. It humbles me. It makes me think, how did we get here? For one thing, we stopped doing what is on Dandy's arm. (laughs) Believe in God. Trust in God. In God we trust. And in Messiah, we trust. My God in heaven, friends, this does not look like the country in which Dandy believed that made promises for hundreds of years of democracy, freedom, concepts, I know, but indivisible with liberty and justice for all. This is not us. It is Definitely not us if the us are disciples of Yeshua. 
I wasn't even going to use Wednesday morning. I had no plans of using Dandy's arm for this illustration. I wanted to use it for something else related to faith in God, and I may still as our series continues. But that, as I said, changed on Wednesday afternoon. Dandy wears, has that tattoo and notice wears the shirt that says freedom isn't free. Maybe because he does believe in God and trusts in him. I actually haven't had that conversation with Dandy yet. One of my favorite conversations with Dandy was when he found out that I was a rabbi and he apologized profusely for all the cuss words he had used in previous conversations. (laughs) But he wears that shirt, has in God we trust tattoos on his arm because it is an outward manifestation of an inward feeling demonstrated promises of opportunity. You can look at him and you can know that he is proud to be an American, that he believes in America and what it stands for. And what I think hurts our hearts so badly is that part of what we've all believed in has died or is dying over the last year. Part of the trust that we've always had, the faith that we've had in America as an entity is dying or has died, I'm not sure. And we're left with a very heavy heart because think about it. People have given everything. Come here because of America. What it is, what it stands for. And for us, who've always been here, we somehow miss that too often, but now I begin to feel like a Pompeian. I begin to feel like I see the danger, I hear the rumble, but where are we going to go? Where do we go when this falls apart, when the pyroclastic flow threatens when the cloud blows in honestly i don't know <laughs> i don't have that answer and and i don't know if we ever get back what we've lost and i'm just being honest so what do we do that part is not something i can tell you and yet Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. You know something? Things were difficult for Yeshua's guys too. A little context around those words that he said there would be valuable. Let not your hearts be troubled. Was was this his Bobby McFerrin preaching? Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry about it. It's all fine, dudes. Just, Just chill out. Some feel-good cliche, is that what this is? His and theirs were very, very heart-troubling times. Here are just a few examples. By the way, his times, not unlike our own right now. Israel and the Jewish people were in turmoil in the first century. And listen to the list of contributors. Roman occupation, the potential for violence at the drop of a hat, crushing rebellions, crucifixion of those who committed treason, political unrest would be putting it very mildly, revolts, 
multiple revolts, infighting among parties, fanaticism, murderous zealots, idolatry, attack on religious cultures, syncretism, radicalism, racism, dogmatism, and more. When I tell you they were troubling times, they were troubling times. And yet I love Peter. I love Peter. He's so honest and transparent. And Yeshua had given a very difficult talk. And he looked at his disciples and he says, well, here's what the text says in John 6. As a result of this, many of his disciples left and would no longer walk with him. Jesus said to the twelve, you don't want to leave also, do you? And Peter says, Lord, to whom should we go? You have words of eternal life. And we've already believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Harasha bein birshut liban aval tzadikim liban birshutan. The evildoer is controlled by his heart, but the righteous are in control of their heart. Midrash Rabbah. Yeshua calls us to see beyond what is here right now and what is happening. The righteous are not controlled by their heart, by their emotions, by their mind. This does not mean, in any sense of the word, ignore, pull back, stop standing up for things, become a spineless jellyfish with no, no willingness to stand for things that are right. But what Yeshua says is, don't let it get you so far down that you can't look up. Why? Because there is a plan. Oh, God. Goodness, Rabbi, so cliche. <laughs> but God made promises. Demonstrated promises of opportunity. That is what we are promised in Him. Even when it doesn't seem like it's going that way. I assure you, in Yeshua's times, hearts were heavy. And he came with a message to a bunch of laborers and fishermen and tax collectors to believe that something better was coming, that they should change their thoughts and change their ways. And we talked a lot about that over the last couple of weeks. It's called repentance. That they should begin to live now proleptically for the kingdom that was coming. That they should live not as citizens of a country or members of a political party, but as I said a few weeks ago in another message, as citizens of heaven. That God has indeed made promises that they could be trusted, that the whole thing rests on faith that God is faithful, and we will talk about it. And that their outward appearance and their action should represent that inner trust. Sort of like, in the strangest of examples, Dandy's tattoo. And that it says, I'm proud to be an American. 
even if they couldn't see it. And so ultimately what Yeshua says in John 14, 1 is exactly what the author of Hebrews says in 11. Paraphrasing. you got to believe even when you can't see it. Even when the promises aren't realized, even when all hell is breaking loose and volcanoes are erupting, try to hold on in God we trust. It's more than a motto. Do you know, do you, do you know where in God we trust even came from in the United States? It's so interesting. When you look around at our current events, let me, let me tell you, this is according to the uh, Department of Treasury's website. The motto in God we trust was placed on United States coins. Ready? Largely because of the increased religious sentiment existing during the Civil War. Salmon P. Chase, the Secretary of the Treasury, received many appeals from devout persons throughout the country urging that the United States recognize, this is government website, the deity on United States coins. Notice that during the most divided time in the history of our country, maybe prior to now, might be, we'll have to wait and see, but during the most divisive period of history in the United States, increased religious sentiment, it says, cried out for God to be represented. Increased religious sentiment. What does that mean? I think what it means is people's hearts were heavy and they were crying out for God and wondering, God, when will you fix this? Messiah, when will you come and redeem us? Not much different than what they screamed in their hearts in the first century. Increased religious sentiment. Secretary Chase instructed James Pollock, director of the Mint at Philadelphia, to prepare a motto in a letter dated November 20th, 1861. This is the beginning of the Civil War, my friends. Dear sir, he said, no nation can be strong except in the strength of God or safe except in his defense. The trust of our people in God should be declared on our national coins. I agree. It goes deeper, though. The trust of our people in God right now should be declared in our national actions and most certainly in our individual ones. My friend's text that I told you about in the beginning of this message, remember that guy I told you, having a baby soon should be excited. And his text said, I'm not that excited. I'm really feeling the weight of the things going on in the world. And that, my friends, is a statement and a feeling and a sentiment that we are all feeling. We all are. Whether you're in the United States or not, you know when you see the United States Capitol attacked, that has repercussions for the entire world. So this isn't just some American patriot speech I'm giving you. We're all feeling it. The very, that text of his is a very real cry of a troubled heart. And my goodness, now there is trouble. 
There are real reasons to feel it, and yet in God we trust. It's on the coin because as the country was falling apart during the Civil War, and it did absolutely fall apart, and were it not for another massive major world war that reunited the country, we may never have gotten it back. It's in God's hands now as if we will as if to whether or not we will ever get it back now. But increased religious sentiment was a reflection of the heavy heart and they wanted it represented before remind us remind us in God we trust. We have only that. We cannot trust politicians. This is also not a, a, a treasonous call to rebellion, but the truth of the matter, my goodness, look at them. We cannot trust politicians. We can't trust government. We can't trust Washington. I'm going to tell you something, and I am entitled to say it as an American citizen. I have absolutely no faith in the government that is coming any more than they had any faith in the government that's leaving. And to the problems now that surround us, to the pyroclastic cloud looming from the eruption, Yeshua gives this directive, which is not easy Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let it take you down. It may get you down sometimes, but don't let it take you down so far that you can't look up. He says, My Father, believe in God, for He has demonstrated promises of opportunity and most importantly you control one thing on this planet you control one thing on this planet what you let get you down see we often think of the battle in our ears that it's in our mind right In Hebrew, the heart, the lev, is the center of human thought and spiritual life. We tend to think that it, the heart, that that refers only to our emotions, but in Hebrew, it refers to your mind and your thoughts as well. That's why Yeshua says, "Don't let it be troubled." And I have to tell you this honestly. I am troubled. I'm struggling. I want to be the perfect holy tzaddik. I want to be the rabbi that, you know, everyone can look at and say, wow, look, he's got it together. I don't. I'm struggling. I'm emotional. Sometimes I'm angry. Sometimes I'm hateful. It's a heavy heart I'm not proud to say that 
But I don't want a heavy heart. I don't want it. It doesn't feel good. And I know you don't either. But as my friend's text continued, that wasn't the end of the text. It went on to say, and his next words are the embrace of all that's contained in the words of Yeshua, believe in God, believe also in me. His text went on like this. Yeah, I feel the heaviness of the world. But it's like the surge of the Spirit, as if something is happening to me. I've felt it before. Time tell what Abba is trying to show me. He is so, so good. Man, that makes me want to. It's, there's so much emotion pent up in all of us. And we have to turn those around. Splitting the atom can destroy the world or can power the world. We have such incredible power within us. And our emotions are like splitting an atom. We can build up or we can burn down. I told you this before, but it bears repeating now. The more good you do, the less you'll notice the bad. You don't get to judge me for my politics. You don't get to judge me for who I voted for. You don't get to control me. You don't get to control my thoughts. You get to tell me what I can agree with or disagree with. And I don't get to do that to you either. I don't get to look at you and judge you by the blue or the red that you are. You have to see me for more than that. And I must see you for more than that. Who are we? I don't exactly know. But our identity is in God. Our identity is in Messiah Yeshua. You remember this George Bernard Shaw quote that I read you when I gave the message, light a fire. I had absolutely no idea what was coming, none of us. But these words echo all the more true when we talk about harnessing our God-given positive emotions and passions. This is the true joy in life, being used for a purpose, recognized by yourself as a mighty one, being a force of instead of a feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances, complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. I am of the opinion that life belongs to the whole community. And as long as I live, it is my privilege to do for it whatever I can. I want to be thoroughly used up when I die for I work 
where I live. I rejoice in life for its own sake. Life is no brief candle for me. It's a sort of splendid torch which I have got hold of for the moment. And I want to make it burn as brightly as possible before handing it on to future generations. That makes me think of the fruit produced by difficulty and the Civil War coin in God we trust and the increased religious sentiment to pose it so with such sterility. The passion for God that must be reignited that caused the people to know that all we have is in God. He is all that can be trusted. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. And the text... It's like this surge of the Spirit, as if something is happening in me. There is something happening in you. It will be used for good or for evil. I've felt it before, he said. Time will tell what Abba is trying to show me. He is so, so good. It is true. He is so, so good. And though the world around us may change, no, it actually, it must change for better or for worse. Inevitably for worse, we know that. But it may change, it will never change the fact that God is faithful, demonstrated promises of opportunity. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called his children. And we'll see over the next couple of weeks, at least in this room, I have no idea what we'll see out of this room in the next couple of weeks, but we'll see in here that our hope in remaining faithful to God. So, I echo the words of our Master Yeshua. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Shabbat Shalom. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. We're building the kingdom and thankful that you're a part of that mission. If this teaching inspired you, please consider a financial gift to support the work of Shalom Macon. Visit MakinMessianic.com and click Give Online. May the Lord bless and keep you.